0: The title of my talk this morning is The Throne of David. Some time ago, um, uh, someone mentioned to me, we haven't heard much about, you know, the national promises that God has made to to Israel. And uh, so I thought, well, I'll talk about that a little bit. But it's not all just history. There's There's a good deal of history to read here. But it's not all just history, it relates to us today. The the spirit-filled church, that is what the church is. It is a body of people that are spirit-filled. It relates to us today, but um, uh, bear with me as we read through some uh, of these scriptures that you might, uh, uh, well, people could be forgiven for thinking they're rather obscure scriptures. They're certainly not scripture that I turn to every day of the week. Anyway... I'm talking about the throne of David, and uh, let's see how we go. First Chronicles chapter five and verse one. Now the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, that's of course, Israel is referring to the man Jacob, there was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. <clears throat> so the firstborn of Israel, Israel or Jacob had twelve he and his wives had twelve sons. Uh, for he was the firstborn, but for as much as he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given to the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel, and the genealogy is not to be reckoned after the birthright. So, Re- Reuben obviously uh, misbehaved there. <clears throat> uh, for Judah, for Judah prevailed above his brethren, and of him came the chief ruler, but the birthright was Joseph's. So then, we read, and I'm just going to go through these um scriptures initially fairly speedily. We re- read then that what happened to Reuben, he was discounted because of his behavior, but that from Judah, one of the sons of Jacob, there was to be a ruler come. Okay, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, and so reading of... um Back Back there, in chronicles and and reading of <coughs> Israel and or Jacob's twelve sons,
1: we've moved forward hundreds and hundreds of years to the time of King David Back there in Judah's day, the nation of Israel,
0: or back there in Jacob's day, the nation of Israel was just beginning to coalesce if you like that there was Jacob he had the 12 sons and they became the beginnings of the nation of Israel here in Jeremiah we're reading of King David the nation of Israel was well and truly established they were following the law, they'd gone through the wilderness, they'd entered into the promised land and following the law. will you say that with tongue in cheek, don't you? They were a lot of the time they were backslidden and not following the law all right in in chapter thirty three and um we read of read in in um verse seventeen, for thus says the Lord. David shall never want a man to sit upon the throne of the house of Israel. Now, David came from the tribe of Judah, and Jeremiah is speaking of David, who was the king, and he's saying there's always going to be a descendant
1: of David's on the throne. In verse 20, thus says the Lord,
0: If you can break my covenant of the day and my covenant of the night, and that there should not be day and night in their season, then may also my covenant be broken with David my servant, that he should not have a son to reign upon his throne. And with, and with the Levites, the priests, my ministers, And so here is God through Jeremiah affirming that there is always going to be a descendant of David upon the throne. In um, in verse 22, as the host of heaven cannot be numbered, neither the sand of the sea measured, so will I multiply the seed of David my servant and the Levites that minister to me. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, consider you... Uh, consider you not what the this people have spoken saying the two families which the lord has chosen he has even cast them off thus they have despised my people that they should be a nation uh, they should no more a nation that they should be no more a nation before them thus says the lord if my covenant be not with day and night and if I have not appointed the ordinance of heaven and earth, then will I cast away the seed of Jacob and David my servant, so that I will not take any of his seed to be rulers over the seed of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, for I will cause their captivity to return and have mercy on them. And so with the nation of Israel, it wasn't always a bed of roses, that's for sure. It wasn't a bed of roses. They got themselves into trouble down through the ages because of their idolatry, because of their lack of faithfulness to God, because of their inability or their resistance to following the law. But nevertheless, God still says, I'm going to keep my promise. And he says that King David and his descendants they are going to be rulers over the descendants of abraham isaac and jacob and so we see the link here we see that the the early patriarchs abraham isaac and jacob that there's a continuing line that there is a link between king david that the descendants of abraham isaac and jacob down through the ages that there's and then we get to king david that one of king david's descendants is going to be ruling over the seed this uh, multitude of people and we we understand
1: that uh, well let me let me just
0: uh, before we go any further still in chapter 33 but in verse 15 in those days and at that time will i cause the branch of righteousness to grow up to david and he shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land. And so Jeremiah is speaking of, and we see Jesus Christ referred to elsewhere in the book of uh, Zephaniah, we we see that Jesus Christ is referred to as the branch, and he shall grow up unto David, because Jesus Christ, we read, was the lion of the tribe of Judah. And so there is this common thread and it says, he shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land. There is only one that has been able to execute judgment and righteousness in the land and that is Jesus Christ and all the people said. So we know who we are being referred, who is being referred to here. Go, and it's not just Jeremiah, it's not just what we read in, in Chronicles that speaks about the throne or this ruling of a certain class of people. Let's just go briefly to the book of Genesis in chapter 12. Rather than any of us feeling uncomfortable when babies cry, isn't it lovely to hear babies in our fellowship again isn't it <clears throat> i mean i'm looking at a sea of um, silver-haired people <laughs> that's that's not quite right there i mean i i am quite young myself um <clears throat> um but it's 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 great to see <clears throat> when When we came to the Lord forty years ago, we had our children, and now they are producing children and It's uh great to see the young ones coming along to the meetings and no doubt being taught at home the ways of the Lord, and so on. anyway, here we are in Genesis chapter twelve and um and verse one, and the Lord said to Abram, "Get you out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house to a land that I will show you." And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. So Abram, whose name was later changed to Abraham, the promise was given to him um, that I'm going to make a nation, and I'm going to make, uh, and you shall be, and I'll make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. We've already read of how um, read in Jeremiah how David or someone in the in the line of David from the tribe of Judah would be reigning over the descendants of Abraham in chapter 35 i'm not going to spend long here because it's easy to get bogged down in the scriptures but i want to keep moving and uh present some other things as well without you all falling asleep now in uh we've moved on a little bit now we're no longer talking about Abraham or Abram, we're talking about um Abraham's grandson Jacob in chapter thirty-five and verse eleven. And God said to him God said to Jacob, that is, God said to him, "I, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply, a nation and a company of nations shall be of you, and kings shall come out of your loins. All right? Well, we can see then. Just that. There are going to be kings, there are going to be nations, there's going to be a company of nations in chapter 49. And while these individual verses may not mean a great deal to you at the moment and taken uh, by themselves, you might think they're a little bit obscure perhaps. Well, taken together as we are, supposed to read we we embrace the whole of the bible taken taken together they they do in fact
1: um throw me off my train of thought <coughs> <coughs> now are you in chapter 49 and of
0: course we'd like to welcome uh, tom and donna visiting from ganderbuk today
1: <clears throat> I, I I don't think anybody noticed, I think you got away with
0: it. In so in chapter 49, come on, be be serious. Uh chapter forty nine and um when Jacob had uh uh, got old and he called his sons together and he was uh, telling them of what their future is going to be and what's going to befall them and so on and so on and so on. And we read in verse 10, the scepter shall not depart from Judah. <laughs> Chapter 49, verse 10, the scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh. That word Shiloh means the prince of peace. This, so. Um Judah, someone in the tribe of Jude, Judah is going to have the authority going to have the kingship or the queenship, whatever it might be but have the authority, the, the right to rule, he's going to have the scepter until the prince of peace arrives and we know that the prince of peace of course is Jesus Christ, come uh, and to him shall the gathering
1: of the people be all right in chapter in, in chapter 48 we
0: read and you might not even need to change the turn a page there in verse 14 and israel that is jacob and israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon ephraim's head who was the younger and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph, and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, uh, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads. now." have you followed what we have just read there there's jacob or israel he's old he's just about to fall off the perch and he wants to put the blessing upon ephraim and manasseh uh, ephraim and manasseh well, they are his two grandsons they are the sons ephraim and manasseh are the sons of joseph
1: okay which actually is not um, detail
0: just there anyway in verse um, in verse sixteen the <clears throat> the angel which redeemed me from all evil bless the lads and let my name be named on them and the name of my fathers abraham and isaac and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth And when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, it displeased him, and he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, Not so, my father, for this is the firstborn. Put your right hand upon his head. And his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great but truly his younger brother shall be greater than he and his seed shall become a multitude of nations and he blessed them that day saying in you shall all the israel shall, shall israel israel bless saying god make you as ephraim and as manasseh and he set ephraim before manasseh and so we see here then that these are judah's nephews they were to be blessed, and they were to be blessed as nations. And we see a description. So a description by a number of authors, you know, writers of the Old Testament scriptures, there, there's a, a description of people that are going to be blessed. People, a people uh, that are going to be royalty, if you like a people that are going to have an authority, uh, nations that are going to rise to prominence and be made great, and in fact to be called great. I shall call your name great. And uh, Ephraim and Manasseh today, as many of us know, and I'm not going to go through all the... The, 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 the heraldry and that sort of thing. But Ephraim and Manasseh today can be identified from the heraldry of Great Britain and the United States. They can be identified. Well, these, um, I'll, I'll leave that for a moment. <clears throat> as I said to you, as you're turning to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 21, as I said to you, it wasn't all a bed of roses. I mean, we have been reading scriptures of how God was going to bless particular uh, people, how he was going to assign to a particular tribe the right to rule, how he was going to assign to particular people this uh, uh, preeminence or that they would grow to uh, preeminent positions. But it wasn't all a bed of roses, because people being people, they did it wrong. They disobeyed. And so you're in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 21, and verse 1. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face toward Jerusalem, and drop your word toward the holy places, and prophesy against the land of Israel. So the Israelite people, because of their idolatry, they were punished. And in verse twenty four we read, therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have made your iniquity to be remembered, in that your transgressions are discovered, so that in all your doings your sins do appear, because I say that you have come to uh, you are come to remembrance, you shall be taken with the hand, and you, profane, wicked prince of Israel, whose day is come when iniquity shall have an end. Thus says the Lord God, remove the diadem and take off the crown. This shall not be the same. Exalt him that is low and abase him that is high. I will overturn, overturn, overturn it, and it shall be no more until he come whose right it is, and I will give it to him. And the kingship, the right to rule that was promised to Judah It was still there. That promise is still there. But he said, you people have been disobedient to me and I'm going to punish you. And it seems that what he's saying through Ezekiel here is that the kingship was to be moved. In fact, moved three times. And we do know that because of the the wickedness of the house of Israel initially, they were taken captive by the Assyrians between 740 and 700 BC. The, then the wickedness of the house of Judah, uh, they were taken captive into captivity by the Babylonians around 600 BC and people were scattered. And God says, I'm going to move it three times. I'm going to move the throne three times. Now I've made some notes here that I, uh, and I'd like to read some of them to you. Um
1: What we just read there in verse 27, the throne was to be moved three times. Now, the descendants of Judah, they were going to be, they were going to
0: uh be the keepers of the throne if you like because the promise made to david you're going to have one of your descendants upon the throne
1: queen elizabeth ii queen elizabeth today in the year 2021 she is the queen of england
0: she is the queen of the Commonwealth. In the Commonwealth, there are about 50, well, they're not about, there are 54 countries that are part of the Commonwealth. Of those 54 countries, there are 16 countries that name Queen Elizabeth, they are part of the realm. They name Queen Elizabeth as their queen. Australia is one of those
1: countries
0: many countries since the second world war who were once controlled or administered by england they've got their independence but they some of them have elected to stay as part
1: of the commonwealth now then if i was to read you uh i would to read you a little bit of information here.
0: When, Adam, when God first started dealing with mankind, you know, he spoke with Adam back there in the Garden of Eden, didn't he? He revealed himself and he set his plan with mankind into motion. Well, it may be interesting for you to know that from Adam, through to King David, there were 32 generations. You know, King David, if he was there, he could have looked back and seen all his ancestors. 32 different generations. What we just read before in Ezekiel, where the throne was
1: going to be overturned, three times, in fact. Well, you see, from Adam to the first movement of the throne, were 50 generations. The
0: 50th generation from Adam was the first king of Ireland. And the throne, when it was removed from the Palestine area, it seems the descendants of Judah took the throne, well, it's not seems, the descendants of Judah did take the throne there. Now, but... Ezekiel says the throne was going to be moved three times, so it went from Palestine and it went to Ireland. And it
1: remained there for hundreds and hundreds of years. Then there was a king called King Fergus.
0: From Adam to King Fergus there were 104 generations. King Fergus was in Scotland. In fact, he was in Western Scotland, in a in an area called Argyllshire.
1: Have I got that pronounced correctly? Maryland? Have I pronounced that correctly? Argyllshire. Who? Oh, uh, is that correct? Oh, All right. <coughs> <laughs> well, you can the new.
0: All right. <coughs> anyway,
1: <coughs> and. Uh, So that was the second movement of the throne. Later, hundreds of years later, the
0: throne was moved again, and each time it was moved, or each time, you know, when it went from Ireland, it was always a descendant of Judah. There are all these different generations, but they're all descendants of Judah. And then the throne was moved around 1600 down to England. And so the number of generations from Adam to King James the sixth of Scotland or King James I of England was 142 generations. Now there's a, perp- a point for me saying this. The number of generations And that's where the throne is today, in England. And the number of generations from Adam to Queen Elizabeth is 152 generations of people. And you can look back through the genealogy. We can look back through the genealogy and it seems that they're all descendants of Judah. And we see today the British Commonwealth, yes, it's 54 countries, but it's nowhere near the economic powerhouse that it used to be. It's nowhere near the military powerhouse that it used to be. There was a time when Great Britain ruled the seas. Do they do that now? Oh, I don't think they do. Um, <clears throat> but Great Britain is the only nation in the world whose name is Great it was in the uh, what year was it fifteen o four or something like that when when um uh, pioneers, if you like, they sailed from England over to the eastern coast of the United of what is now the United States, and they settled there and set up the colony and so on and so on, and that nation has become great, and so we do see a great nation who can trace their lineage back to the Israel of Palestine. We do see a company of nations that can trace their lineage back to the Israel of Palestine. We do see a royal line. Queen Elizabeth is now 95 years old. She was born on the 21st of April in
1: 1926. So she's an elderly woman obviously. But she's still there, and she can trace her ancestry
0: back to King David of the Bible, 3,000 years ago. And so the promises that we've read of back there, that were made, they appear to have been, and they appear to have been fulfilled to a very great extent In what we see in Anglo-Saxondom today. In what we see in the, the monarchy in England today. Now, I've got something else to read to you. How many people, how many people, friends and family, neighbours, work colleagues, know these scriptures? How many of your friends know these scriptures? Maybe you didn't even know of these scriptures. You see, in Isaiah chapter 42, Isaiah is speaking of the nation of Israel. Isaiah lived around uh, five or 600 BC, I think. And we see in chapter 42 and verse 1, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my elect, in whom my soul delights, I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He says in verse 6 I the Lord have called you in my in righteousness and will hold your hand and will keep you and give you for a covenant of the people for a light of the gentiles now Isaiah spoke very much yes certainly of the of the local situation but he spoke prophetically as well and uh, he's saying here I've called you in righteousness how do you get called in righteousness you get filled with the holy ghost and we become the lights of the world you and me here 2021 never mind back there in 600 or 700 bc never mind the migrations of the nations of people these groups of people through the through the lands and eventually ending up in the british isles he says i've called you in righteousness. I've filled you with the Holy Ghost. I've called you to be a light of the Gentiles. That's us today in 2021 if we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And he says, to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of, my, out of the prison house. Weren't we in the prison house? Weren't our eyes in darkness? But now through the Holy Ghost experience we can see and the Bible says that we are seated in heavenly places. The Bible says that when the Lord returns, we're going to rule and reign with Jesus Christ. What an amazing thing. I mean, it would be a privilege, wouldn't it, to have afternoon tea with the Queen? Uh, <coughs> excuse me. And, and to be there and have a look at the Buckingham Palace and all the rest of it. It would be a privilege it isn't, doesn't make you one of the family. It doesn't make you of the of the royal line of Judah. It, it doesn't give us the, the right to go and pick up the scepter and say, well, oh, that's got a bit of weight in it. You know, we, we don't do that. But we are filled with the Holy Ghost and we've become kings and priests in the spiritual sense, to be in the literal sense when the Lord comes back and we're raised up to meet him. But let's just read on here in still in chapter in chapter 42 and verse 19 who is blind but my servant or deaf as my messenger that i sent who is blind as he that is perfect and blind as the lord's servant how many people how many of your friends and relations and colleagues and people that you come across have heard of these promises that god made to abraham isaac and jacob How many people that we know, know of the promises and talk of the promises made to King David? How many? And if you tell them, how many of them are interested? And he says, my Israel people, they'll be blind
1: to their identity. And that's what we see in this world today. Don't we? Now, Am I keeping you too long? All right. Just another couple of scriptures then. Oh, by the way, how many generations
0: are there from Adam to Queen Elizabeth? How many? 152 are there? All right, good. So, in Ephesians chapter 2, in Ephesians chapter 2, so Paul here is speaking to spirit-filled people. He's writing this to us. And we read chapter 2 and verse 1, And you has he quickened who are dead in trespasses and sins? Yes, my word he has. And verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained, that we should walk in them. Wherefore remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. So yes, the, um, the natural fulfillment, it is fascinating to some? Perhaps it's of no interest to others? <clears throat> I find it interesting. The natural fulfilment of what we've read of the promises that as appear to have taken place in this
1: world and exist today, I find fascinating. But the spiritual fulfilment just uh, 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 um, is so much bigger.
0: The the, the natural fulfillment pales into insignificance compared
1: to what the Lord has done to us spiritually. Now, I'm almost finished, but I just want to uh, say something. Oh, by the way, how
0: many generations were there from Adam to Queen Elizabeth? What did you say? Ten. now you're not listening Michael you're trying to upset me you're trying to throw me off I think there were I think you said there are 152 didn't you now then God likes to use numbers doesn't he? he he likes to use numbers to portray and to establish patterns to perhaps inspire to illustrate and even intrigue us I mean here's an example um we read back in the book of Genesis, God created, made his creation in six days or six periods of time. But on the seventh day, he rested. It was many years later when he set up the nation of Israel that he said, well, for six days you can work, but on the seventh day, I want you to rest. That'll be your Sabbath. We read of uh, Moses in dealing with the nation of Israel when God took Moses up on Mount Sinai and the instruction that God gave to Moses, he said, tell the people to wash their clothes for two days and prepare, make yourselves ready for the third day. And so there would have been that literal situation. But looking forward beyond that, we see spiritually, that we are washing our clothes for 2 days because because we read up in the book of uh, in peter that a day with the lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day you see adam the from adam up to abraham was about 2000 years i mean god was dealing with people for from adam up to abraham about 2000 years and then from abraham about another 2,000 years uh, uh, passed to Jesus Christ. So that's 4,000 years or four days, if you like. And then from Jesus Christ walking around upon the earth, preaching the gospel, there have been another 2,000 years or another two days. And so we've seen six days or about 6,000 years
1: pass. We're waiting, aren't we, for the seventh day to start. We're waiting for that day. We
0: know that when Jesus Christ comes back, that the millennium will start and the millennium is a thousand years. It's another day. And when he comes back, we're raised up. We're going to be ruling and reigning with him. It's just amazing. And so the Lord uses numbers in this way that I've described. We know that back, and you will have read this back in the book of Matthew in chapter 13, when Jesus Christ was, uh, was preaching the gospel, he was saying to his disciples that the kingdom of God is likened to a fish net. And when the net was pulled in, as you're turning to John 21, when, uh, when the net was pulled in, there were all sorts of fish in the net, and the good ones were kept, and the old ones were, the rotten ones were discarded. We also read, as you're still turning to the book of John, chapter 21, we will also read, and you would have read it, in the book of Luke. And we're not going to Luke there just at the moment, but uh, but uh, you also will have read in the book of Luke, in chapter 1, where speaking, the angel speaking to Mary's, speaking of the son she was to have, he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God shall give to him the throne of his father David. Oh, had you forgotten about the throne of David? Had you thought that I was no longer talking about the throne of David? I am talking about the throne of David. And so we, re- we read then that this throne of David, which we have traced down through the ages, uh, according to and we've read the Bible promises regarding the throne, we can see what's happened in the world today, and it seems to be the case. We're reading that when Jesus Christ comes back, he's going to claim the throne of his father David. And in John chapter 21, and I'm going to finish now with this thought. In verse 3, Simon Peter said to them, I go a-fishing. They say to him, We also go with you. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any meat? And they answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and you shall find. And they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Now then, if the net back there in the book of Matthew is likened to the kingdom of God and they've thrown the net out again and without Jesus Christ, they worked all night, they were working in darkness and they got nothing, but now in the light, it's in the morning, they throw the net out at the Lord's instruction and they catch some fish. And we see here... And we're remembering too that the Lord uses numbers a lot in the scriptures and to inspire us and to intrigue us and to ponder uh, on and We read here in verse eleven, Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty-three, and for all there were so many, yet was not yet was not the net broken, and so if the net is like the kingdom of God. And with Jesus Christ involved now in the daytime, the kingdom of God is complete. The the kingdom of God doesn't get broken. Now, regarding the throne of David, I think you just said to me that there are 152 generations between Adam and Queen Elizabeth. That's what you said. You're sure of that, aren't you? You see, now, if Prince Charles takes over the kingship or well, he will be the 153rd generation but we see here the kingdom of god with a specific number of great fishes in it the king the net was not broken it remained complete when jesus christ comes back he is the head of the church we are some of the members we're some of the fish in the net if you like we've been caught by the lord thankfully And when Jesus Christ comes back, we're going to start the new day where we already know that we're kings and priests. We already know that Jesus Christ is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And so we have been brought into this amazing royal line. Now, if Prince Charles takes over as the king, and uh because uh and that that's you know that's that's a distinct possibility isn't it um, considering the age of queen elizabeth very fine and honorable lady and so on if if he takes over he'll be the 153rd generation but knowing god's uh almost fascination with numbers and how he sets things up isn't it an an amazing thought to think how fitting it would be if jesus christ came back and he was the 153rd generation since adam because some when
1: jesus christ comes back he is going to claim the throne of his father david suppose jesus christ doesn't come back for 120 years and then prince charles he'll become the king
0: and he will have the king, the throne of his father david but it's interesting to ponder on, isn't it? It's, uh, it, it's interesting to, to think of how fitting it would be, considering how the Lord uses numbers in the Bible, it would be just perfect
1: that Jesus Christ comes back and he is the 153rd person, because the kingdom of God, the
0: net here, has 153 great fish in it. Listen, I'm not um, uh, making any predictions here, but it's interesting to ponder on. And um, we, we look around in the world, don't we? And we see the world is in a dreadful state. I mean, on so many levels, environmentally, economically, socially, religious, religiously, militarily,
1: it's corrupt. The time is close, but thank God the Lord has saved us and we're going to be raised up
0: whenever that is. And all the people said, Amen.